Hello and welcome to First Thoughts. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Carol Luce. And today we're discussing DC's third fuck-up of the year, Blue Beetle. The only good one, which is a damn shame, and probably the one that's going to crash harder than Shazam 2 and The Flash. Uh, You know, Shazam and The Flash at least had, you know, name recognition. This one, only to the most... uh, you know, dedicated comic fans knew who Blue Beetle was. I knew the name. I didn't know the story. So there's not a lot going for this one, which is a damn shame because it is easily the best one and a very entertaining movie. Uh, you know, fuck. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, this one, this this situation sucks because it's an RDC bomb, which is their third one this year. But whereas I get why the first two bombed, I no offense. I know you like the flash. I, I get why hey, it bombed. I didn't make it offend me, <laughs> but you know, like you had Shazam that took what made the fucking first film work and took it out in favor of like, just put superhero shit in there. That's what people want. No, if I have no story and characters to care about, then I don't care about capes fighting each other th- for two hours. Um, the flash, that's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> But you had that, and then you had this movie that was actually fucking good. Like, it had story, it had characters, it had heart, and we'll touch on this more because I think you'd probably, probably more than me, would um have more to say about this, but it felt authentic in what uh, a culture they were trying to capture. It felt very authentic um, for a lot of reasons. Um, so it was fucking good. It's what I was hoping that DC would be putting out for a while and it's i'll say it it easily minus maybe guardians 3 honestly beats the other marvel offerings i've seen in theaters this year straight up but because of what dc did with their fucking release no one gave a shit like no one cared and it fucking bombed and it's just like god damn it man this was the one good thing they did and it it bombed yeah, this was this is the first Latino mainstream big screen superhero ever. Marvel, DC, anything. That's first off, it's fucking sad. Second off, I hope this goes somewhere because it was it's a good story. It's a family centric, fun movie with a unique story, a little similar to Venom, but you know whatever. And uh, just a, I I liked it. It was nice liking a superhero movie it has i feel like it hasn't happened in a while <laughs> yeah this was the first time in a lot in this year alone really honestly in a while because as a lot of people know i just don't think marvel's fourth phase of films has been up to snuff compared to prior stuff yeah um, but this was the like i said mine's guardians guardians galaxy 3 the first time the second time this year where i was happy while watching superman i was i was loving it i was you know, I was happy. I was excited. I got emotional during various certain scenes. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Like, I was overall having a great time, and I left the theater happy with this. Yeah, so did I. Um, one thing I thought was impressive, and 
which is weird that I think this is impressive now, but because it happens so much now, when it's when it works, you got to praise it. I thought the VFX looked great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, yeah, it's sad that we're in a year where we have to praise this because so many films have been. Like, what's crazy to me, right? Okay, this movie, uh, the newest Transformers. Its visual effects obviously look really good, right? Yeah. How is it these films cost less money than The Flash and other um, horrendously CGI films that cost so much more money? I don't understand that. I'll never understand where the money goes, especially when you can't see it on screen. I, I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe that was, I don't know, Ezra Miller's uh, you know gun budget or something. I don't know. I don't get that this film costs less, but it looked insanely better. Yep, it did. I think a lot like, you know, past DC projects where directors were left alone and allowed to do their own vision because, again, the studio just didn't give a shit. I'm specifically talking about Wonder Woman and the first Aquaman. Those turned out really good because Patty Jenkins and James Wan were left to their own devices because Warner Brothers basically gave up. And James yeah, um, Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, again, that yeah, that should have been way more successful. It just, you know, it came out in a bad time. Yeah. But critically, it was amazing. Uh, and this movie, uh, Angel Manuel Soto was pretty much given free reign to do his thing, and he developed a Latino-centric, fun, comedic, dramatic adventure that brought a pretty you know, C-list DC character to, I hope, some mainstream. Uh, at least Gunn said he's taken Blue Beetle with him. So we'll probably see him again, which is nice. Yeah, which makes me happy because I did also with that, like the actor in it. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like bring bring this character back. I'm down for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, you know, talking about the Latino thing, like, yeah, it's, you know, the fact that it's 2023 and like this is the first Latino-led superhero film we have had. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but you know, when I was talking about the authenticness, I'm sure you might have a little bit more to say on that one. But this family felt real, like how they were interacting, how they were as a it felt it didn't feel like when a white dude was writing something like this. <laughs> if that made you know, it's not like when like someone like myself who was a white man writing this going, I think this is how they talk, I think this is how they interact. This felt authentic, like the way the Spanglish was being spoken just like seamlessly off the cuff was great. The way they just were, you know, the, as they were as a unit, like this felt real so much through and through, which I really appreciated. Well, this was written by Gareth Donet Alcosar, a Latino screenwriter. And yeah, this is, this is a fucking Hispanic family. I, I saw a lot of, uh, of my dad's family in these guys, just little things like the, like putting the vapor rub over his nose to get him to wake up, the Spanglish. It, yeah, it felt very authentic and very realistic, and that helped. You know, I, I was, I, I heard people laughing at just random shit they would do that other people weren't laughing at, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really fun. I, I don't see that very often. Uh, yeah, this. And like, yeah, it made me actually, you know, look, say, you know, everyone has their opinion on George Lopez. It made him funny. I thought he was hilarious in this movie. Lopez stole this show. He was Uncle Rudy was fucking hilarious, but also a like a hero. I love they were all heroes. They were there was never a moment of like this isn't you know this isn't our fight. Fuck this. 
you know, it was very much like, we got to go save him. We got to stop this. Like, stop, oh. you know, we gotta do this. I love that. There was no hesitation. That on the family. So, yeah, that scene was so great when the grandma was like, we don't have time to cry now. We have to, yeah. we have to get Jaime. Yeah. Right. Jaime is how they said it, right? Jaime. Yeah. I love Jaime. her, her Jaime. random, Jaime. like, you know, uh, revolutionary past. They all kept alluding to. <laughs> the grant, look, uh, I, I can't remember the actress who plays the grandma, but her and Adriana Barraza. Thank you. Her and George Lopez stole this movie. They were they were fucking hilarious. They were. Um. So Jaime Reyes is the third Blue Beetle behind Ted Cord and Dan Garrett, both of who get mentioned in the movie. Um, I'm so glad they didn't go with you know the Ted Cord Blue Beetle and just make this another you know another white superhero movie. I'm glad they focused on Jaime Reyes. This is actually the first. Um. I think DC character to get his own movie who debuted in the 21st century. Which is pretty cool. Jaime Reyes yeah. showed up, I think, in 2009 for the first time. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comics have been a white guy's game for a long time. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, even when you got black characters, you got, you know, you had people like, you know, Luke Cage and Black Panther who were very distinct personalities and were written by primarily white people who were you know, not doing the best job with representation. Oh no, there's a lot of stereotypes in those old comics because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it lightly. Yeah, no, it. That's why, like, you know, that's why. That's why I keep going for authentic. Like, it's 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 refreshing, and it it to me, like, again, it goes back to like it shouldn't, like, you know, I don't understand Hollywood's insistence that like people only want to watch a white straight male as their lead and they want white, 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 white. I'm like, no, I, most audiences, myself included, don't give a fuck. I just want good characters. Yes. Yes. And if you are going to make them black or, you know, Hispanic or Asian, I want to also with that be authentic. I want to not think like, okay, someone that's not this race, ethnicity, um, sexual orientation, what have you. Clearly is not the one, right. It's clearly, you know, someone that's not in, in that, uh, that community writing the script it's refreshing when it is because then you get that authenticity with the good characters and it's not you know affirmative action or any of that shit when you do have somebody who's not a straight white male working on one of these projects it's when you have a character who comes from a certain background a real life person who shares that background or knows something about it is going to be able to develop the best version of that character that brings out the authenticity that makes this all work. And that's what has worked in film, you know, for films like Black Panther and Shang-Chi and now Blue Beetle, hopefully. <laughs> you can tell that people who were making this cared about seeing, you know, a reflection of themselves, so to speak, on the on the big screen. Because that matters. That you know, my whole fucking thesis was about that. Representation matters. People want to see their own stories, their own families, their own lives reflected in cinema. It makes them feel valued. It makes them feel like part of society. And that, you know, this film did that for a lot of people. Yeah. It gave you a very authentic Latino family that also you just in general, regardless of you know, naming Latino or not, you just liked because they were a very loving family too. I cannot stress that. Like it was refreshing to watch something where they weren't bickering or going through it. Like they were a loving fan. They were a unit. And yeah. it was great to watch them. There was great never to- there was never a moment where they're like, you know, they don't trust him because he's hiding something, or like they, you know, 
think this is a curse and they don't want to help him. No, it was holy shit. He's got superpowers and this is dangerous and he needs our help. Yes. Just like you, yeah, it was refreshing. And because of that, when he did get to like, you know, the moment when, you know, because I know we're safe saying spoilers, but obviously uh, Alberto, mm. or, uh, the father of this, who, you, as you learn, was the one that helped, you know, cross the border and get them into America and get this life for them. Um, you know, he unfortunately, you know, he does die, which, yes, if you know anything about filming, you probably saw it coming because they make a quick reference to him have having a stroke in the beginning of the film. So, you know, like at some point, oh, that's going to come up later. But because you gave me good characters that I cared about, because I love this family so much, and I was in on the story at this point, it hit. I, w- I was feeling I was like, oh, no, no, don't do that. I like him. Yeah. The moment where he's like, you know, Jaime's going through some, you know, like, you know, projected reality and he sees his father and they have that like, it's, you know, it should be cheesy moment, mm-hmm. but it's not. And I don't know what didn't like, what was the moment like what was the the difference because like when when just going back to the dceu again when uh superman had that moment with uh costner in i think justice league or batman versus i don't even fucking remember i know it happened (laughs) um yeah it felt cheesy and out of place here it didn't well because i think the thing is you're invested and those movies i wasn't invested i didn't give a shit so like when it happened like oh okay cool whatever I gave a shit, and you know, going to a more recent example, the Flash, right? Up until that one scene at the end of the film with his mom in the grocery store, where you know he gives her the stuff. Minus that one scene, at no other point was I really emotional during the movie. You know what I mean? Like I was never really that invested in his in his in his plight. I was never really like when they saw the scene where he, you know, she dies, right? And she gets killed. I wasn't feeling it for like at no other point but that one scene. I wasn't because I wasn't really that invested in the film. I was like, oh my God, this movie is, it's okay. I was invested though. Like, again, it goes back to like, you gave me something to get invested in that I got sucked into. And because they spent so much time, I think, putting the family first more than anything, yeah. as opposed to like, it's a superhero film and then here's the family. It's, now this is a family film with superhero shenanigans involved. Um, because of that, when it got to that scene, it worked. Because as soon as I thought, like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not sad anymore. I'm having a good time with this movie again. And then that scene came up again. I was like, oh, God damn it, movie. Don't do this to me again. <laughs> don't, don't do it again. Um. So this is the 14th film in the DCEU. Uh, possibly the final one. If Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom doesn't, you know, arrive, which uh, I don't know at this point. They shelved Batgirl. Maybe they'll shelve this too. I need James Bond to do something that isn't attached to Warner Brothers, please. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, so since this is probably the last one of this horrifically misguided, constantly devolving home of bad decisions cinematic universe, I thought we could kind of go through each of them briefly and just say, like, you know, what. One one nice thing that we liked about these about these fourteen movies. Some of these films are going to be hard, but okay. Uh, so this all right. So this thing started in twenty thirteen with Man of Steel, which okay. we all were like, "Oh, this I like Superman." This is, but this looks sad. Why does this look sad? Superman's not sad. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I don't know why this was sad, but that was the that was the vibe that that started this universe. So every other superhero got a little piece of sad Superman. Uh, 
Zack Snyder was was the guy with the vision. And uh, we got a lot of terrible movies out of that vision. Man of Steel is one I haven't revisited in a long time. Uh, the one positive I have to say about it, Henry Cavill and Michael Shannon were perfectly cast. Well, see, look. I'll say it. I don't mind that movie. Besides the 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 misguided tone for it, I don't mind that movie. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Henry Cavill, and Michael Shane were great in their roles. Be my positive as well. Yeah, Amy Adams and Lawrence Fishburne criminally underused throughout the entire franchise. We never got any real Lois Lane or Perry White. Jimmy Olsen got shot to death at the beginning of the next movie. Like, Amy, that one bugs me. You get Amy Adams to play fucking Lois Lane and you don't use her. Like, what the fuck? We never really got any Clark Kent either. Snyder didn't know how to do that, I guess. He made Superman this, like, invincible god <laughs> worshipped by humanity, which is weird. You want to go down that rabbit hole with Superman being, like, this, you know, a realistic approach to Superman and how he reacts if he came to our Earth. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Just give me the dude in tights. Fine, fucking... The head, big-headed guy known as Brainiac. Like, let's just go. All right? This is comic books. Comic books haven't been realistic since the 30s. Why are we suddenly looking for that now? Also, with Superman, like, I would understand doing, like, Batman. That's a whole different story. Yeah. I was like, but Superman? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Just fucking give me Superman. Yeah. He's supposed to be the hope and beacon of light in this universe, but he's the guy who's breaking necks and screaming at himself and hating who he is and not knowing where he belongs. Like, Jesus Christ, Zach. Why'd you do that? <laughs> Why'd you make Superman the saddest fucking character in this entire franchise? I don't know. Now he's at, look, he's at a point now where he got denied a Star Wars movie. So he's like, I'm just going to make it my own movie. Like, all right, you do you. It's exactly how Star Wars happened. George Lucas wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie and they wouldn't let him. So don't, he's like, I'll make my own. Don't say that. The Snyderverse fans might be listening and that's going to make them latch on real quick. You think after the shit we have said about him and his work, any Snyder fans are still listening to this show? That's an optimism that Snyder certainly didn't have. Fair enough. Um, so that was followed by Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, which had a terrible title and sounded like a court case. I mean, Batman v Superman. Uh, I'd like to call into question the case of Batman v Superman 2016 uh, to back up my claim in court, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, we all had incredibly high expectations for this one. This was the first time ever we got to see Batman and Superman on the big screen together. And what a monumentous letdown. At this point, we had to have thought, like, this is what we've got to look forward to for the next 10 years, is it? Yep. Both cuts, too, because I watched both the theatrical and the extended, like, three-hour cut. Both suck. Yeah, I didn't get any, any what, the little bit of Steppenwolf was, like, the only change I noticed in the extended. I, I think that was it. <laughs> well, all right, one nice thing about this one. Um... I got mine. I got mine while you're thinking of yours. Okay. The warehouse fight scene is one of the best fucking Batman fight scenes ever committed to film. I don't even really like Batfleck all that much, but holy fuck that fight scene. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That was good. Wonder Woman's introduction. I'll give you that. Wonder Woman. That was when we thought, hey, okay. That Whoever composed that music for Wonder Woman, holy fuck. That's like the best thing about this entire it, DC. It, oh, oh, God. His name is the same guy who did the Mad Max fucking theme. Is that Chunky the- XL? 
It was Chunky XL. There you go. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that was that was cool as shit. Um, I don't know why Snyder decided to turn Lex Luthor into essentially a like blogger super billionaire asshole. I don't know why that was. Why? That was the worst decision. I hated every second of Jesse Eisenberg's Lex oh, Luthor. God, and I think he's a good actor, but this would. There's certain. Certain actors, when they get cast as supervillains in in comic book movies, I don't know why they always try to emulate the Joker. I don't even know if it's a conscious decision. I don't think it's the actor. I think it's how they write these fucking things and then get directed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what a waste of Doomsday. <laughs> what a waste of that whole storyline. Like, the death of Superman storyline, its, its own movie, as far as I'm concerned. Not like let's tack it on with dirty minutes left in the film. Yeah. And also we've had one movie with the Superman. We're not emotionally invested in this guy yet. You can't kill him in part two and expect us to have this. Mo- and the whole movie is like Congress trying to tell him to stop. Oh, yeah. I didn't look when he died. I did not give a shit. I'm like, this is this was being impactful. Like, I remember this was a huge comic when it came out. Like mm-hmm. that was decades with the character and them saying, hey. We're killing them for the first time in comics. And again, I know they always come back and shit, but this was like major, like it's happening in the comic. He is dying. Yeah. Like what, what, wait for this. And it was, it fucking hit two movies. in, and you're like, wait till you see me kill. Sweet. Like, no, just cause his name's Superman. Doesn't mean I'm going to be that invested. And it like, I need to latch onto this actor playing him. No. Their animation department did a two part, film out of that comic book they did the death of superman and reign of the superman where all the duplicates who keep you know cyborg superman and the eradicator and steel all show up claiming to be superman but who's the real superman they did a two-part movie and then they edited it together into a giant ass three-hour movie uh that i've yet to watch but i i'm gonna i really am looking forward to checking that out and it's part of their so i don't know if you're aware of this but the dc animated universe with the flashpoint paradox movie started their own cinematic universe that ended yeah, I've, I've heard about that ended with apocalypse war nobody was paying attention to that but for seven years they were developing an interconnected dc universe with like well-constructed characters great arcs and yeah like what the fuck like why not just give those guys the reins to the dceu because they they knew what they were doing those movies are amazing Oh, yeah, I I've heard like I've seen some of the animated stuff. I've seen a lot of the non like connected cinematic universe stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess like the Elseworlds or the hell they call that stuff. Um, Elseworlds, yeah, yeah. And I I've enjoyed all that. Like that shit's been great. Mm-hmm. I need I've been made to like dedicate time to actually watching like the the in universe like canon stuff they've done because I've heard really good things from people. I've only seen a handful of them because I didn't know it was a thing until I watched um, Apocalypse War, the last movie in that canon. And they were referencing stuff that happened before. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this all connected? And I looked it up and I'm like, holy shit, this is a secret cinematic universe. Nobody was tell, nobody was paying attention to. And I, it blew my mind. So now I now I want to watch. Yeah, I got to I got to do that. Well, so, yeah, I, I have to do like, a you know, my 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 Google search to make sure I have all my ducks in order when I do it. Yeah, definitely look up the timeline, get that right. And yeah, Um so after Batman v Superman Attorney at Law, we got Suicide Squad. Uh possibly at the time the worst one. Uh can't really blame David Ayer on that. Apparently his version's great, which is now the, you know, 
No. The explanation like, every director can take when their movie sucks, like, oh, that's not mine. That's the studio's version. No Hashtag release the air cut. No offense to air. And I'm, I will watch his cut if it comes when it comes out, because it sounds like Gunn is apparently on board with releasing it one day. Yeah. I guarantee you it probably still sucks, because everything he's talked about with his cut of the film, sterile sounds terrible. Well, it was weird for Suicide Squad to be like their third movie. Like, that's a weird one to immediately jump into without well, establishing you know, the, the heavy hitters first. It was weird. And then they kept changing it because I think like, what I think it came out not so long after guardians of the galaxy. So then they started like tinkering with the damn movie. Yep. Well, that one has, you know, gave us Harley Quinn and dead shot and a few other people. Like it's not a very memorable film. I've only seen it once. No. <laughs> it's in my collection. I thought like, Oh, I'll buy DC movies since I have buy Marvel films, you know, me just being a completionist. And I, Stop buying DC films. Um, but uh stop buying Marvel films, honestly, too. I don't I have not kept up since phase three. Really I will phase buy I'll buy them if they're on the clearance shelf at half price books. Like that's when I, that's when I'll buy these movies, but I'm not rushing out to buy top dollar like day of release $30 Blu-rays. Yeah, I get you on that one. Um, especially now and I at first at one point I was like, oh, I should get all of them, but now that Disney dabbled into like the fucking Disney Plus shows, I'm like, I don't need to buy these movies now because it's always going to be incomplete because you have all these fucking Disney Plus shows that only exist on Disney Plus. Yep. Um, but, uh, ah, it's Suicide Squad. Wow, God. I can spend more time talking about how much I fucking despise this movie from the horrendous Killer Croc design. I fucking hated the design of Killer... Or not Killer Croc. Um, but yeah, Killer Croc. Um, the, real quick, the Oscar-winning makeup team of Suicide Squad. This film won an Oscar for best makeup. Which is such bullshit because Killer Croc looked like fucking ass. Um, From that to, oh god, the whole Jared Leto with it all. Well, also to cast um, him as a weird pimp joker and then to just sideline the guy and not even have him be a major part of the movie. And also just stop casting Jared Leto in fucking superhero films because why do you want to deal with all that bullshit he always brings forth? Stop casting um, him completely. Apparently, he's a he's a very bad person, from what I hear. Yeah, just stop casting him. We don't we don't need him. No. Um, yeah. Look, I'm probably just going to echo what you said. Honestly, I can't think of a fucking thing. It gave us um, Margot Robbie's rendition on Harley Quinn, which yes, is the most problematic version to look at now because yes, she was clearly very sexualized compared to later incarnations of uh, her time in the character. But she is really good in the role. She's great. I really liked her in the role. And I'll give Will Smith credit. Like, he was really good as that shot. So I like those two a lot. Robbie got better once the character got a little bit more substance. Um, substance in what she was able to have more control on the character. Yes. Because she did a lot of good stuff with it. She did. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say um, Viola Davis as Waller was brilliant I, casting. I forgot about that. She She has been fucking great in that role. Yeah. Another piece of this puzzle that Gunn is taking with him. God, because, yeah, she's getting her own show, and I'm actually looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we got that. After that was Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. Okay, this, one. this one rocks. Th- this was great. <laughs> this was good, yes. I really do like this one. I know a lot of people have issues with, like, the third act because it devolves into, like, your basic superhero <laughs> third act, but it's still a fun movie. It's 
the second they name dropped Ares, did anybody really think we weren't going to fucking see him? Like, yeah, they're going to fight at the end of the movie. Of course. I saw that shit coming, by the way. David Thewlis actually being Ares. I called that shit. And it being, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, as soon as I saw that, it was Professor Lupin. Is that just how I knew it? I was like, oh, he's the bad guy. (laughs) He was a (laughs) werewolf in Harry Potter. He's going to be a bad guy in this. And I was right. There's no way the bad guy of this movie is the actual general of the German troops during World War I. Like, no, no way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, the design of Themyscira, all the way that Amazons are written, Gal Gadot did a great job. I love Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Like, Wonder Woman's a re- like one to revisit, and that's, that's a good, such a good movie, because Patty Jenkins is left alone to do her own thing. Yes, that one was really good. And, you know, to all the assholes at the time that were like, Gal Gadot can't be Wonder Woman, because basically... I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, for those who forgot, her tits aren't big enough. That is that was the online discourse. Try to deny it. It was. Oh. Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah. Guess what? It doesn't matter because Galgado rocks and roll. She's she is hot. I'll say it. She's fucking beautiful. And she kicks ass as the character. She rocks. Okay. Um I found it funny that all of the Amazons had to basically imitate her accent because they didn't want to have to explain why wonder woman sounded israeli (laughs) no yeah uh, yeah i want to quickly wonder and i'm I'm just gonna throw this question out there because i thought it since the movie came out it's an island of just women yeah and they have children yeah what guys impregnating these 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 ladies like what's going on to have more (laughs) oh that's the the gods are showing up and shaping them out of clay that's the explanation Oh, is that the ex- I didn't. I I missed that part. I was like, wait, do they just have some poor soldiers like trapped in the dungeon? Like, you come out. It is time. They do not just have a cock on lockdown to make kids. That's not what they. That's not what's happening with the mascara. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because it, you know, obviously we're like, well, that would be awesome. Look at it. it's an island of of attractive women. I'm like, does it though? You'd be locked up. Yeah. You probably only get brought out to be used for like two minutes. You're not and- fucking these women. You're being jerked off into a cup. That's. That's what's happening. Yeah. And then you're sent back to your dungeon until the next time. That's hell. That's absolute hell. Actually sounds awful. Um, uh, but but besides her, uh, the one thing I do want to actually pinpoint um, outside of Gal Gadot just being fucking awesome in the role, the No Man's Land scene, great. Yeah. Yeah. The like, proper scene, intro to her in the costume and everything. Yeah. That scene is so good. Yeah. And again, the fucking music, man. <laughs> she has like maybe the most kick-ass uh, theme, like superhero theme of the last twenty years. Oh. Yeah, I like her theme a lot. I forgot, about, I forget that. That yeah, I hate that they've overused it anytime she's fucking cameoed in any of the films this year. But yeah. in her movie, it's great. Yep. Speaking of, uh, next up, and yeah, it does seem too soon. Uh, Justice League. Oh boy. Yeah, not the Snyder cut, which we will get to, but the Snyder Whedon cut that I thought at the time wasn't bad. It was nice to have some goddamn levity in these movies for once. I didn't think I didn't think anything was wrong with that. I thought the way they handled the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg's intro was fine, considering they didn't get their own movies beforehand, and they had to basically just explain these people away in two hours. Steppenwolf was an interesting villain at the time. I was hoping for, you know, more. I thought he was he looked weird. But uh 
I didn't think it was that bad. I thought Justice League was fine, considering I the. Are, I, we, are we talking just script, Are we talking just solely the theatrical cut right now, or not the Snyder cut, the twenty seventeen? These are two different movies. I just have to make sure before yeah. I get into, like, are we talking solely the the weeding? Solely cut? the twenty seventeen Justice League that we got at the time and underperformed terribly. Got it, Justice League. Yes, as it was dubbed. I thought it was fine. I walked away thinking like I like that because my yeah. my expectations were so fucking low for this franchise. I only saw it one time, and it was when I was coming back from deployment. I was in Hawaii at the time. I actually did a back to back. I saw Thor Ragnarok right before it. Oh, that's not oh. good. That's 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 too. Your ex, that's that's too good. You can't yeah. follow. You can't oh, yeah. follow that with Justice League. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, I should have flipped it. <laughs> yes. Uh, it. Uh, I. I can barely remember this film. Uh, I saw the one time and I was like, this is okay. And I like never watched it again. Oh. The thing is, I was perfectly happy with okay. Cause I was expecting fucking stupid. So I, I could do, yeah. I could work with okay. <laughs> yeah. I, my problems would be like, it was cool seeing them on screen together. I'll buy it. I wish it was actors I cared more about and better take on these characters. I'm really, I can't, it's hard for me to pick up because I like yeah. barely remember this film. It was okay. And there's very little things I actually, I liked about the film itself. Fair enough. I'm going to give some praise to finally seeing a cheesy Superman. I liked it. Cavill got to be a little goofier. Yeah. I like seeing that. The black, seeing the black suit for a little bit was kind of cool, but I was like, all right, let's get, let's get Superman happy here. <laughs> No, black suit was in the Snyder cut. That wasn't in this. Oh, God damn it! See, the riots were crossed. <laughs> yes, saw this movie once. <laughs> All right. Well, after Justice League was Aquaman, and that was the first billion dollar success they had, which is still baffling to me. That um, many movies in too. I think I, I don't. It hasn't been. No, they had Joker. That was another million dollar success. Was that the only one? I was like, Joker was not DCEU. That's its own weird thing over here, but. Joker was a billion, Aquaman was a billion, and that is it. Jesus. <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Woman came close, and I think Man of Steel was in like the 700, 800 million range. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Aquaman, uh, Momoa, pretty good as this badass Arthur Curry, King of Atlantis. I thought Patrick Wilson was fucking great as Ocean Master. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't like that Amber Heard's in this. She poisons this movie. Look, even before, even before all the shit went down, her and Johnny Depp, let it be known. Anyone saying like you're only saying that because of Johnny Depp thing? I didn't like her before all that, and that trial was just like it's kind of like the whole Ezra Miller thing, right? I didn't really like the guy before all the shit went down, and then the shit went down. Same with Amber Heard. I didn't really like her before that, then the shit went down. Yeah. I have a family member who worked with her on the set of a movie, and yeah, she's a huge bitch. And this was back in 2013. So, yeah, I already didn't care for her. And then when all that shit went down with Depp, yeah, I didn't buy him being an abuser for a second. Yeah. So, just to clarify on the same word, this was before this shit, and I, even I wasn't that into her character in the movie. Um, no, for me, yeah, I remember I saw this. This was a fun movie. It was just like, it was so refreshing. <laughs> After so many dour films, it was just like, oh, we can't have fun. Can we, DC? Nice. It was fun. Uh, Momoa was awesome in the role. I'm with you. Patrick Wilson was also great. Um, and it was just nice that they could actually make um, Aquaman cool. You know what I mean? Like, 
let's be honest the history of aquaman comics is that he's not really cool he's kind of like he's a dorky fucking superhero like he sucks well 70s like pre pre 70s aquaman was this goofy guy in an orange leotard who's like you know fish come help me save this oil rig from you know poisoning the, the ocean we got the but then in the 80s and 90s aquaman was this fucking one-armed claw-handed badass king of atlantis who took no shit so that was yeah. that's the aquaman I, from like the justice league cartoon that like i grew up with so i never really saw the super friends aquaman who i whose ass i could kick <laughs> like badass aquaman was the one i was you know i knew about and was looking forward to so i'm glad that's the one we got yeah and i mean who better to do that than Momoa? he's like a, a fucking beast of a of a man let's just be honest for ourselves here guys he and, is there's a good to fair chance he's gonna be playing lobo i i'm down for that he's also that's normal that as soon as i heard that that room that room star, i was like he's actually quite perfect for that yeah um good. yeah that's gonna be good um i will say man i back when theaters used to be packed for these movies just like i remember the collective just like the disgruntled despair when we got fat Thor Avengers in game from like the entire theater that of, of females, I never once sat in theater and had a moment of like, okay, you ladies need to calm down. Quite when you could hear all the ladies, the moment he gets on the submarine, he turns around, he goes, permission to come aboard. Dear God, the late, you could hear it in the theater. It's like, okay, guys, guys, calm down. We all know this moment. We get it. So I'll take a break. God. Uh, but again, this is also, I haven't gone back to a lot of these. Even the good ones, I haven't really revisited. Which is I, I haven't seen this one in years. I remember I watched it a couple times afterwards, and it it holds up. It's fun, yeah. but I haven't gone back to it in like fucking years. I think the only I've seen I've seen Man of Steel a couple times. I've seen Wonder Woman a couple times, but the rest of these I've only seen once. Yeah, yeah. Next up was Shazam. Uh, not bad. Another one that's kind of forgettable, but a decent movie. I remember it being good, but I couldn't tell you much about it. Uh, it was fun, and I remember what I liked about it. My positive was that it it actually kind of like Blue Beetle did re- recently. It was a family story first and foremost with Shazam, and I thought that worked re- really well in its favor. Yeah. Uh well I remember I liked seeing John Glover he's one of my favorite character actors it was nice to see him there and I thought Mark Strong did a decent job as Doctor Savannah but that's all well, I got Zachary Levi before he had his meltdown this year was really good in the role I thought he was fucking great as um Shazam in the first movie yeah aren't, as an actor aren't you supposed to just you know move on to the next project to try to make that a success when you have a failure like this can't you just move the fuck on and be an actor. Well, now he has a strike, so instead of trying to move on, now he's really fucked. That's that's a good point. Uh, it's hard to believe, like, all these movies got smushed into 10 years to try to build this cinematic universe. Like, they did not take their time. They rushed everything. So it all feels so disjointed. And what's crazy at this time, they didn't work, so they were clearly trying to make them more self-contained with the occasional reference at this point. Like, Archman had the occasional reference. Shazam had the occasional reference. Reference in the whole bullshit with Superman where they, they couldn't show Cavill. I think he finally got the role in the richer and there was the bad blood between him and DC. So it was just like, it was weird. It was a weird fucking time. 
Yeah, you could tell they weren't building towards anything. Like there was no point to why, why is it even a cinematic universe if you're not gonna like work towards a goal? Nah. Right. But I don't. Shazam was followed by Birds of Prey. Probably the one that the like more I feel like most people have forgotten about. Probably. Uh, and I, this was one that I remember really, really liking. Yeah. Um yeah. I it had a confusing ass title. Because it, it got changed like five fucking times before it released. Yeah. I'm not including the dumbass subtitle. I, it's Birds of Prey. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. Was it the fa- fabulous emancipation? Oh yeah. Um, but I do remember really enjoying this film. I really liked Ewan McGregor as fucking um, Black Mask. Thank you, Black Mask. I was about to say face was like that's not right. That is not right at all. <laughs> as about he yes, it's not your stereotypical take on the character one could say it's slightly queer coded but i quite enjoyed this take on black mask i liked how flamboyant and over the top and just crazy Ewan mcgregor and wild and stuff he went with the role i quite enjoyed it i did too i thought he was great i love that it was it was rated r you can finally go crazy with this shit mm-hmm. um i liked the like how the birds of prey came together, you know, the huntress and black canary and Renee Montoya. Like I liked all the characters and it was funny and bizarre and exactly what a Harley Quinn movie should be. Uh, So that this was a win. I enjoyed this one, but it again, underperformed this, you know, the combination of everyone hated suicide squad and COVID was, was on the, you know, about to happen. So yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. What a terrible fucking sequel. My God. So problematic, horribly forgettable, and just bad. Just boring and bad. This is another one where I cannot think of a fucking positive thing to say. Like, it, oh God. I was on deployment when this came out. And I so I'd seen kind of like on like our the the news we did get the debacle with like it going to max and people freaking out. I watched it when I got back, so I was like, well, okay, if I watch any more DCU movies, I need to watch fucking I need to sit through this one so I'm caught up. Because I yeah. think I was getting ready to go watch one when I got back. I was I, I think oh, yeah, I was getting ready to go watch the Suicide Squad. And I was like, well, I haven't seen One Woman, 1984 yet. So let me fucking knock this one out. And just wow, what a fucking terrible movie. Which okay, look for all you people. That have not been shutting up about um uh the the plot line to no hard feelings, especially if you haven't seen the damn movie. Um I haven't seen it myself. But for those who remember, there's been a big de- fucking online debacle about the age. Um both consenting adults, everyone consenting can adults. Yes. Let's actually talk about Wonder Woman 1984, shall we? And that actual problematic storyline. Of her raping someone essentially because she put her dead lover in a dude's body. And that was the best idea they could come up with for bringing Steve Trevor back. Maybe just bring him back. Why do you got to? It's a, it's a it's a movie with magic in it. Come up with something better. Yeah. Instead of that, we're, I'm sorry, that is the actual definition of uh, non consensual sex. The dude in the body doesn't have any kind of way to give consent, it's her dead fucking lover. Very weird. Uh, that's weird. That's that's creepy. I did not like that storyline. No. Also, Kristen Wiig, terribly miscast as Cheetah. 
Pedro Pascal, I felt miscast as Maxwell Lord. Like, yeah. how do you yeah. how do you miscast one of the most lovable, most awesome fucking actors in Pedro Pascal? Like, come on, what the fuck? And then to literally have the movie end with like the power of friendship or some shit like that. God, this movie sucked. This movie, I look. I know we're trying to say one positive thing. I got nothing besides Gal Gadot as being still good in the movie because everything else about it fucking sucked. Problematic storylines, boring ass villains. Yep, boring movie. I got nothing. Next up, Zack Snyder's Justice League. The film that got bullied into being released because fans had to they, they couldn't accept that there this there was only one bad Justice League movie out there. They had to be like, there's got to be another one. There has to be another one. And it turns out there was. And uh, yeah. <laughs> mostly, have your feelings changed in this? I remember when you you told me about it, you were into it. And I watched and I was like, dude, this movie's okay. <laughs> I think it's good. I I, I like it. I don't love it, but I do think it's it's better than the original version. I love the inclusion of Darkseid. I think Steppenwolf's redesign looks way better, and his story actually makes sense. You get where he's coming from with all this, trying to impress the apocalypse people so we can get back home. I get that. I like that. I thought the resurrection of Superman was done better. We get the black suit. Flash's time travel shenanigans was done better. I don't know why they shoved Martian Manhunter in here if you're not going to use him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's fine. Am I going to watch it again? No, it's four hours long. I that's two, maybe three other movies I could be watching. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I will say this: like, I I do think this film was overly long, overly self indulgent. Um, yeah. this was never going to be the final like theatrical cut of Justice League in 2017, even if the. Even if Snyder hadn't gone through the tragedy he went through and had to leave production, no way in fuck was this going to be the movie Warner Brothers released. No, it was going to get trimmed to at least two, two and a half hours at best. Yeah. Um, what I will say, and that is the the positive I will say, actually, is on that note, not the death, not the suicide of his daughter, for anyone jumps to conclusion. I don't think anyone was going there, but okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Not, not that, but... And I remember I mentioned it when I first watched it is that I am glad in light of what happened and how they handled that and just because that was wrong on the studio's part. When for those who you know know, basically during the production of Justice League, um Snyder's daughter, I forget because he has actually quite a bit of kids, um, and his wife. Um, so I don't think it was his only daughter, but one of his one of his daughter committed suicide. And he had to leave, you know, he very understandably was like, I need to leave production going through the ringer. Very understandable thing. The studios being assholes, want him to finish the movie. Basically, said, well, if you're going to leave, we're hiring Josh Breeden, and he's going to finish the fucking movie and do it his way. Like, complete assholes in light of a ver- something no parent should ever have to deal with. Um, So, you know, that's so that's where my positive comes in, that I am glad, even though the fans did bully, that he was able to come back and give us his completed vision after going through his what he needed to go through in his personal life, and I was glad he was able to come back and give us his complete vision of of um of his version of Justice League he wanted to do because you don't get that a lot in Hollywood. So for that, kudos to him. I'm I'm very very happy for him. True, but I do not like the precedent this movie set. So because the fans were able to basically bully Warner Brothers into releasing this, now they think. Whenever a movie comes out that's not up to their expectations, there's got to be a secret better director's cut out there 
And now they're clamoring for that. And they have done that so many fucking times since. Yeah. And they it's because they think like, oh, they're reshooting. Oh, no, look, all films go through reshoots. All films have a fucking, like, believe it or not, even like the upcoming Saw X, I guarantee you they shot three hours worth of a movie at least. Yeah. At least. When it comes out, you're going to get an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes of that movie. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's called the assembly cut. It's everything they shot, all the angles, all the different takes. It's not meant to be the complete goddamn film. Yeah. All right. That was a difference between this and what fans want in every goddamn movie. Snyder's case was different. He filmed something. He, the studio acted like assholes in light of a very horrific tragedy he was having to go through and made a completely different film before he could finish his, his take on it. That's completely different from what fans like you said, said the president foreign fans keep clamoring for every damn movie that it just doesn't go their way. Yeah. Well, you know, it got out. It exists. You can go buy it. You can watch it on HBO, whatever. It's, it's, there. Uh, it's, it's apparently getting a, a re-release on 4K as well. So, Yay. I can't wait to not buy that. Um, Next up was the Suicide Squad. James Gunn's answer to Disney firing his ass briefly for Guardians 3. And the movie he made interim. So if, if Disney had never fired gun for Guardians 3 initially, he never would have been romanced by DC and we would not be getting this impending epic rejuvenation. So good job, Disney. <laughs> Proud of you. Yeah. Thanks. Question mark. Uh, the Suicide Squad is, in my opinion, the best movie of this entire franchise. Oh, yes. Without a doubt. Um. Yeah. I fucking love this one. There's what can I not say about this? like from the humor to the story to not being so goddamn trab and grim. Fucking uh, King Shark. Oh my <laughs> god! I remember when they when they announced like Stallone's voice in King Shark. I was like, that seems like a stupid decision. <laughs> no offense to Stallone at all. But I'm like, I don't think. But then I watched it. And I was like, okay, no, I like I like this. <laughs> Gun has the most amazing skill of turning the dumbest characters into absolute darlings and he does so he does that so many times with this movie every character is a d-list you know character no one ever heard of apart from harley quinn but like blood sport peacemaker polka dot man like really yeah. but they're the best fucking characters like they're awesome peacemaker got yeah. his own spin-off series which was fantastic oh it was great and we had a movie but we had to watch was it calendar man so, uh, Polka yeah. Dot Man to fuck off or whatever, or fuck you. That was great. <laughs> Two of the like worst goddamn villains in comics history had an interaction. You've got that beautiful, like, kill off scene between Bloodsport and Peacemaker where they're just like killing these rebels in increasingly weird ways to try to one up each other. Oh my and god, that's really seems... one where Peacemaker just stabs the guy up his leg. <laughs> Like that movie's brilliant. I love the Suicide Squad. Dude, the movie's so good. I love when King Shark is like friends in the fucking thing and they start attacking him. <laughs> I love that. I love that the bad guy is fucking Starro the Conqueror. Like the giant space starfish, like psychic alien thing that nobody but James Gunn could make work on the big screen. Oh, yeah. No, he made that work. Oh, God. And. I remember when I heard, like, I always liked John Cena. I always thought this guy was, like, really funny in comedies. 
No. When I heard it was Peacemaker, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Never heard of this character before, though. Yeah, like you said, he is so goddamn good in this movie. He has the greatest explanation for his, like, vigilanteism I've ever heard in a movie, which is, and I quote, I cherish peace, like, with all my heart. I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get it. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> that is such a great concept. Dude, my, my favorite thing he said, it's not even in the movie, it's in the show, in the Peacemaker show, when that one person keeps, that neighbor keeps giving him shit, and he's not Batman or whatever, and he's like, you know what, mate, Batman wouldn't have a fucking problem if he wasn't such a pussy and killed his villains. <laughs> he like just lost it on the guy. Oh. Yeah. Did, did that get a, theatri- uh, get a physical release, Peacemaker? Uh, it, I think it did, actually. Hmm. I might have to pick that up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch Suicide Squad and Peacemaker because goddamn, those are so good. And Gunn is taking them with him too. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Suicide Squad. I hate that it fucking flopped. It was a weird time when it came out, though, so I kind of get it. It wasn't Um, just COVID. It also, you know, was the people hated the first movie. They thought this was a sequel, and yeah, there was a lot working against this movie. Regrettably, there wasn't really. But goddamn, was this such a huge improvement that? I, I fucking love this one. I've gone back to it so many times. It's so good. I'm I may watch this tonight. I haven't seen it in a while. I I, I think I I think I will. Um, next up, Black Adam. Ooh, what the a hierarchy story. of DC has changed. Yeah, which by that by that they mean you're now at the bottom, Dwayne. <laughs> Way to go! What a disaster this movie was. Oh my god, just. The Rock's weird determination to make this work, no matter who he pissed off or how many lies he told. <laughs> he went a uh-huh. little ape shit over this movie, which in the end turned out to be really bland and forgettable. Oh, God, yeah, he made such a big stink about this film and it ended up being like mediocre at like best, at absolute best. Yeah. Uh, all right. He's not bad in the role. There, there you go. That's all I got. I God, I'm trying to think. Actually, wow, I saw this last year, and I'm just like, what did I actually like about this movie? Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I liked. Was it the Justice Society of America? Okay, all right, yeah. I liked them. I thought they were the best part of the film, but also I... doing what it does best. Which is, let's introduce these characters that you should give a shit about, but we gave you one movie to give a shit about. Yep. God damn it. Um, yeah, I thought Pierce Brosnan, especially as Dr. Fate, was very good casting. I loved Aldous Hodge as Hawkman. Like, they they were good. They were good. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Uh, Could have used a better villain, and I wish Black Adam had been painted as more of a villain and not an anti-hero, because people may forget this, but he is the arch nemesis of Shazam!, that's how it well, works. That goes back to what you mentioned earlier. With those who don't know why you probably haven't seen The Rock and anything other than like the strike and all that stuff going on. Um, I I firmly believe that this may have like side not tanked his career, but it dipped it a little bit because he very infamously it's been reported he lied about box office numbers to WB, which pissed them off. He was adamant that, no, I know that this character is a Shazam villain, but I don't even like the Shazam character, so we're making it my movie. Like Things like that. He lied to Henry Cavill. 
who came back to play Superman, he told him like, "Oh yeah, DC wants you back. You're you're gonna be part of it again. You're going. It's this is the movie." Um, that was that that above all was some cold shit, and I don't like that he did that. Yeah, that was like I was like, dude, why? Oh god, I doubt Henry Cavill's probably gonna work with him like ever again. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, he did a lot of that stuff to get this film made. And then, of course, what's going on about, like, it's going to change the DC hierarchy. And, like, the film ended up tanking. And you quickly saw why Black Adam is a fucking Shazam arch enemy. Because as his own character, he's not all that fucking interesting. Yeah. This is, uh, I think, I think Dwayne Johnson lost some likability after this. Which is, yeah, that's going to hurt. It's why he had to go back to his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saw Fast Sex, know what I'm talking about. Now we're getting what is it? Hobbs and Reyes is the name of the movie. God. Yep. Um I think Gunn should just I think he should cast Henry Cavill as Batman. Oh my god. I think that would be beautiful. Somebody big I with a multi-film contract that's unbreakable. I do love the amount of damage control Gunn had to do after that film, as his DC was getting ready to get announced. He's like, "Yeah, we're not moving forward, Cavill. I didn't. I did not make this promise. Like, pretty much like throwing it off to the rock. Like, nope, I didn't say anything. Yeah, like not putting this on me." Well, next up was Shazam: Fury of the Gods, the only one of this bunch I didn't bother to see and still haven't watched. So, it's all you. Or some of a bit. It's not nearly as good as the first film. Um, they literally so like I said, the my positive, right? The family aspect of the first film is completely stripped from this film in favor of two hours of just superheroes fighting. Zachary Levi, again, the point is like he's portraying the character as the kid he is now, right? Mm-hmm. This is a time trump forward, not backwards, right? So why do I feel like Levi is playing him like he did in the first film, if not even younger, but in the kid's supposed to be like fucking 18 years old. If that makes sense. It's it was fucking dumb. Um, and then they also said, let's just because we obviously can't use fucking Black Adam because of the rock, and they don't want to follow up with the shit from the post-credit scene of Shazam. Yeah. Two new villains that don't exist in the comics. Oh, that's always a good idea. Like, I why okay. Okay, sure, we'll go with that. Don't get me wrong, I like Carolyn Marin and Lucy Liu. They're great, but... So, there was a lot I just was not really into with this one. I was kind of tuned out. Yeah. Um. What did I actually like about... Oh my god, what did I like about this one? Wow. Um. Uh, nope, not the Modern Woman cameo, because that was fucking stupid. And apparently not Gal Gadot. Um, really? Apparently it was like a deep fake or something like that. Dear God. Yeah. <laughs> um say what you want about the flash. At least it was her. Yeah. Oh, I have my issues with other cameos in that one. Um fair enough. Fuck, I got I got nothing positive. I'm thinking like fine. Yeah, I got positive. I got nothing positive on this one. I can't <laughs> Levi had a meltdown. That's my positive. We gotta watch Le- Jackery Levi have a complete fucking meltdown because of this film's box office. Fuck. We're running out of time anyway. So we, next up is The Flash, which we covered extensively on a first thoughts. Michael Keaton is my positive. I think he did a great job. Uh, yes, I'll agree with you there. For me, it was the emotional scene that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, that was a fucking great scene. That did do well. I didn't mind seeing Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater and Adam West and Nicolas Cage. I know I, I know it wasn't real. I think I was I was just excited to see them. I 
Oh, see, and that was my beef. I'm like, I don't need a CGI rendition of this. Fuck off. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and now we're to Blue Beetle, which is good and fun and exciting and family-centric and a decent story and definitely worth seeing. Yeah, look, I know a lot of their films have sucked. DC does not have a good track record. But do what you can to support this one, because Blue Beetle is actually really fucking good. Um, it's solid. It's fun. Emotional, authentic, all that good stuff. And I'm very excited to see what they do with the character going forward. Since Gunn's bringing him into the DCU, if they're going to retcon anything or yeah, still I go with this as a template, I'm, I'm not sure what they're doing there. I cannot wait to see what Gunn's first incarnation of the Justice League looks like when he gets to that point. Because I know he's not going to swing out of the fucking gate with that because he's a smart filmmaker. So eventually we're going to get a Justice League. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, like you know, Blue Beetle will probably be there. Batman will probably be there. Superman. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, I'm excited to see who else. Maybe Swamp Thing somehow, since we are getting a Swamp Thing movie. Swamp I still Thing. like am so fucking excited for that movie because they said it's gonna be a full on horror movie. And fuck all of you. Well, not really on this one, because there's a lot of reasons that this, the show got canceled. Um, but that was a good show. Derek Mears was awesome in the role. Like, goddamn, give me, give me Swamp Thing. I just want Swamp Thing. You're gonna get it. You are gonna get it. Uh, yeah. Well, anything else you want to say about Blue Beetle, real quick, before we uh we bounce? Uh, stick around for the mid and post credit scene. It has some good stuff there. I stuck around for the mid. I didn't stick around for the post because I looked it up and thought that's fucking stupid. I don't want to see that. It was it was funny. Yeah. I'm I I'm happy with my decision. <laughs> you you're the worst. Well, next week, uh, Gran Turismo. Maybe, unless it gets pushed again. Uh, it'll admittedly probably be a while before we do another one of these. Um, I might do one in the next few weeks on Equalizer 3 or The Nun 2 or Haunting in Venice, but September is going to be kind of a sparse month for this show. So, yeah, we, we need a break after a pretty, like, let's just be on a subpar year of summer blockbusters. Yeah. Covering a lot of box office disasters has not exactly been, you know, I won't say it, it's been fun, but it's been kind of disillusioning. <laughs> yeah. And I'm hoping Saw. Saw is the one I'm hoping I'm looking at squarely at no. bringing back some box office gold here. No. So if I do more first thoughts, uh, it'll probably be with a different co-host because you don't want to see all that shit, which I get. Yeah. No, I'm not. No. No, no, no. Hooker, Perot. I don't need more. And fuck you, none too. Fuck you hard. <laughs> well, yeah check out our other content we got stuff happening every week and uh go see blue beetle could use the money it really could really really good take it easy